Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for today's conversation. We have Tatiana here. She's a 32-year-old content creator and entrepreneur on the path to living her best life, arguably already living it, but we'll get to that anyways. Um, Her content is focused mostly on mindset, lifestyle, and wellness, and she's super passionate about sharing it with her community. She started creating content almost a year and a half ago when she was at a crossroads in her life, and after trying to navigate different career paths, she took a leave off work and decided to dive deeper into self-development all while inspiring others to do the same. She's also a Leo Sun, Leo Moon, and Sag Rising, which you know we love those combinations here on the podcast, um, and a lover of spirituality and meditation. So Tatiana, welcome to the Cosmic Collective. Thank you so much. I'm honestly so, so excited to be here. Me too. I really wanted to talk to you because you really have. I've been following you um, for about, I think, a year now. I, I followed you after I chatted with Mimi whenever she was here in Montreal last year, and I was like, this girl's content, like, look at this aesthetic, like, what is like, how, how is this happening? I love this so much. And you have grown your community quite rapidly in the last year to a beautiful and rich community, and you're inspiring so many people. So I want our listeners to kind of learn more about how you went from being stuck in nine to five work and just like trudging through the mud to feeling free and being an entrepreneur and living your dream life. So I'm so excited. Yeah. Thank you so much. Honestly, I remember you telling me that when we first connected, we were DMing and you said to me, like, I love your content. It's so aesthetic. And at that time I was like, I don't even know, even now I'm like, I don't even know why people follow me. Like sometimes I still have imposter syndrome, but really, yeah, honestly. And I think everyone does. I think it's just, yeah. it, you know, but yeah. I feel like in order to kind of say everything we need to kind of go back to the beginning so yeah. I'll try to sum it up as as quickly as I can but no, give us the details go okay, into it I'll, long I'll, story we've got time yeah <laughs> so I feel like basically it started since I was a kid I didn't know I never like was that person that was like oh I dream of doing this when I'm older I didn't know right. I had interests I had things that I liked to do but for like a career I literally had no idea and then like you know, you go through high school and here we go through CJEP and then you're yeah. learning all these different things. And still at that point, like I had no idea what field I wanted to go into. And I knew that I was going to follow that traditional path that, you know, society puts, yep. you know, <laughs> that we should do. But at the same time, I knew deep down that that wouldn't bring me where I wanted to go like long-term in my life. But I did it anyway, because I didn't know, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I studied uh, sociology in university. I actually wasn't planning on going to university, but my parents really wanted me to. So I was like, fine, (laughs) study sociology. And to be honest, (laughs) the only program I got into. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I really wasn't like school smart, I would say. And I wasn't creative. So, you know, I didn't know where I fell under because I didn't Mm. excel at, you know, English, math, all those subjects. But then in art, I didn't excel either. So I was like, what is going on, you know? Where is your place? Yeah, where is my place in society? And I think because I wasn't like academic or creative, I was like, what am I good at? So I always struggled with 
that sort of confidence, which is why I sort of just took any job that came my way. So after university, I ended up doing, um, I worked in retail in fashion because fashion was something that I always loved. I always loved shopping and getting dressed. So I was like, you know what? I'll work in retail. Definitely wasn't for me because sales is not my strong suit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was like, should I buy this? I'm like, I don't think so. It's too expensive. <laughs> right. They're staring at like a $600 like chiffon shirt and you're like, yeah. no, that's not a no, smart investment. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So um, I did that for a bit and I kind of jumped from job to job in my 20s. I would say like I would find a job, I'd work for maybe a year and then I would go traveling because that's what I love to do. I okay. love to go backpacking. Yeah. So I would work whatever job that they would hire me, do it for like a year, save up as much money as I can and then quit my job and get a one-way ticket and just go traveling because that's what I love to do. And I felt like if I didn't do it at that point, when was I going to do it in life? Right. So I'm really glad that I spent my 20s doing that and experiencing that because I met amazing people and it was just the best time. But still in the back of my mind, I was like, what am I going to do for my career? This right. so-called career that I'm supposed to have. Right. Um, and then in 2016, so I was like, I was 26 at this point. I started working at a large fashion company uh, full time, nine to five. And okay. I really liked it at first. I was like, I kind of see myself growing here. Okay. And as the years went on, I wasn't being promoted. I don't felt like I was being recognized for the work I was doing. And it just started to feel uncomfortable. Like I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm not growing. There's something more that I could be doing. I know that I could be doing something more, but what is it? Okay. So I stayed there for quite a while. I was there for maybe three, four years. Okay. And it got to the point, hey, it got <laughs> to the point where I started to have crippling anxiety before going to work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I I've felt, had that before with jobs that I wasn't meant to be in. It's like yes. how like your intuition push, yeah, it pushes you out. Um, the universe and your hires will like push you out through these symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So I felt it in my physical body, this is yeah. not right. I need to make a change, but I felt stuck because obviously I have, you know, I need to make money. I have expenses. I have a rent. I have a life. Yeah. So that was really stressful. There was also something personal going on in, in my life, like with my family. And I won't share just because it's not my story to tell, yeah. but that was weighing really, really heavy on me. And I just had crippling anxiety is the best way to describe it. Um, and then at that point, my boyfriend was sort of like, listen, why don't you take a sick leave? And I'm like, what is a sick leave? How, like, <laughs> how does that work? You know, yeah. I've never even heard anyone talk about this. Yeah. Like go to your doctor, tell him you need some time off and see what happens. And so that's what I did. And I want to share this because I feel like it's important for people to know that I didn't just quit my job and then money started flying out of, you know, the universe right. yeah. and everything was totally fine. Totally great. <laughs> yeah. Like perfect. Yeah. Um, but this is something that we're able to do and we have access to in Canada, in Quebec, which is amazing. Yeah. So I went to my doctor, he approved me for a sick leave and I ended up taking almost a year off of work. Good for you. Yeah. For you. And, that's yeah. like, that's a paid sick leave too. Is it not based on yeah. like, yeah. So that's, that's just an opportunity that you need to take sometimes to get things sorted out. Yeah. So mm -hmm. on the one hand, I felt super guilty because I'm like, 
everyone else is working. They're doing just fine. Why can't I go and show up at my job every day? What is wrong with me? You know? Right. But on the other hand, I knew my mental health was really, I was just not in a good place. And I knew I needed to take this time for myself to figure out like what I want to do and just really take that step back. Yeah. I think had I not had that time, I wouldn't be where I am today because it really gave me the time and space to just think clearly. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. And for my boyfriend who honestly pushed me, because I think at the time people were like, what are you doing? Like you have a job, you've been working there for years. Like it didn't make sense. Yeah. But I think too, like everyone, I think the people, oh, there's so much that I could say about this. Cause I think there's a lot of conditioning. There's obviously a lot yes. of conditioning socially, right. With the nine to five. And it's just, it's just what people do. And it's so normal. Or why does that bother you? Why do you feel restricted? Why is that giving you anxiety? Like it's, I think some people look at it as, but it's so quote easy to work a nine to five. But when you're a soul, when you're a human being who feels restricted and and thrown into a box, it feels like you're suffocating in that type of experience. And I also think that there are more often than not people who are in the nine to five who are experiencing that corporate burnout and that anxiety, but they for their own, you know, whether it's their own limiting beliefs or their own self-perceptions, they don't take the leave of absence. Um, they don't have enough courage or strength to feel like that's available to them because we also live in a society that's like, it has to be bad enough. Like you have to be like crippling your deathbed to basically take a leave of absence, which is not why the leave of absence is there. So I think it's really powerful and shout out to your, your boyfriend for sure, for encouraging that and being like, you need a break, like just step back. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, he's a huge expander for me just because he's owned his own business since he's uh, he's been 19. And when we met, mm-hmm. yeah, when we met, I would go to my job, right? Nine to five. And he would just be at home working. And I would be like, what are you doing? How are you earning money? Like, cause you don't see him physically going to work, you know? Right. Yeah. But he kind of made me feel like anything is possible. Like you just need to kind of go for it. And that's where this whole journey started, I would say. <laughs> so what was like the first thing that you did, you know, first month on leave of absence? What did that look like for you in the first month? So it's kind of funny because the first month I felt very light. I just felt very free. I didn't have to wake up to an alarm anymore and rush to go to work, which I was always rushing because I just would wake up at the last second. Because <laughs> you didn't want to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't want to go. And I was like, oh my God, I got to go, you know? So I just felt very peaceful. Um, another thing that's funny, this is kind of a little side story that I feel like you'll appreciate because it's about yeah. manifestation. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Okay. I'll <laughs> just a little tidbit. Cause it's, it's, it's funny, but so I, at first I felt really free and then I started panicking because I was like, what am I going to do? Like, yes, I can be on sick leave, but after all this is done, how am I going to earn money? I can't go back to working a nine to five. I don't picture right. myself at the desk what am I going to do? And I remember being in the car with Chris, my boyfriend at the time. And he was like, how much money do you need to make you feel like, okay, for a year? Mm -hmm. And it was winter. And I wrote on the window, 30,000. I was just like, that was the first number. Okay. Yep. Long story short, um, a couple weeks later, there was a huge storm at the building that I live in and my car was parked outside and Mm. all this wind and furniture went flying and my car got completely damaged. So The cops knocked on our door and said, I'm really sorry, your car has been damaged in the huge storm. You need to call your insurance and open up a claim. So I was like, okay. My boyfriend did it for me because I'm honestly not great with 
insurances and all these things. And he's very savvy when it comes to that. Long story short, we opened up a claim. They had offered me, they had offered to fix my car, which is essentially what they offer at first. Yeah. And my boyfriend was kind of like, no, that's not good enough. He read all my rights in my insurance policy. And he was like, you owe her the value of what she bought her car for. And back and forth, back and forth, a check for (laughs) 30,000. Stop. I have goosebumps all over my whole body right now. (laughs) Yeah, it was wild it was actually like 2988 something okay but still the universe yeah. is like ask and you shall receive like you, you yeah you so time and you need that money to make you, yourself feel comfortable on this new path here take it yeah I mean, quote shitty circumstances see this is why I think it's so important to reframe when things happen to you to see them from a positive perspective because I know there's people listening to this yeah but her car got damaged like what did she do about her car yeah but her her car got damaged and then she got $30,000 from the universe that she could pursue. So you could pursue this path that you're on. So it's all about how you look at it in terms of, um, you know, the manifestation that's at play, what the universe is trying to do for you. So that's wild. Yeah, it was wild. So that was in the first few months um, of me on sick leave. And that kind of carried me through the year. And then while actually I was on sick leave, it was during the pandemic. Actually, when the pandemic started, my best friend and I started a retail business. Okay. Yeah, we started a retail business and we did that for about a year um, until we ran into some production issues just because it's very costly, obviously, to run a retail business. You need a, sure. lot, a lot of like cash flow. And at that point, I think I spent <laughs> all my 30000 Right. Yeah. But um yeah. So we did that for about a year and then long story short, it was going super well. And I kind of thought, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing. I love it. It's super fun. I'm working with one of my best friends, like no complaints, you know? Yeah. We ran into some issues and we weren't able to produce um, our next collection. So we made the decision to close it down. And that's when I started posting on TikTok and creating content. It was kind of at that point. Yeah, where I was at a crossroads and I was like, what am I going to do? Now's the time. I want to create content. Like, let's go. This is the time. So, and whenever you started creating content, how did you know that you wanted to be in the mindset wellness community and like lifestyle community? Yeah. So, this same friend that I started a business with, she kind of told me, you should go on TikTok. The content is a lot different than what we're seeing on Instagram right now. And I feel like you would love it. Yeah. So, I did because at the time I thought it was just dancing videos. It wasn't at all. There was, you know, <laughs> depends what you're, it depends what you're watching, but I don't come across dancing videos very often on my for you page. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I went on and I saw a lot of inspirational, motivational content. And I was like, this content resonates with me. That's what I want to create. So that's kind of where I started um, and why I chose that niche, because I needed that motivation myself. And I wanted to also motivate people in that way. I love that. And when did you, when did you start feeling like creating the content was helping you align your life to be what you wanted it to be? Cause it sounds like it was a very like in tandem kind of experience you're giving to your community, but it's also helping you out. Yeah. Honest, probably since day one, because I would create a video, let's say, and someone would message me and be like, I really love this. It really motivated me today. And that would motivate me to keep going and still you know, and still now, like I'll get like some days I'm like, what is the point? Like I wake up and I'm like, there's no point. Like, let me just close it up, close up shop, you know, and then I'll get a message and someone will be like, I came across your video. 
I really loved um, what you posted and it resonated with me. And I'm like, okay, this is why I need to keep going because it's reaching people. Even if it reaches one person that day, like it's, it's worth it. It absolutely is. And I feel like that's personally why I gravitated towards your content. It's very, um, I saw your, you shared a story today of someone said, it feels like just like, I don't know what they said, but in other words, it feels like a big hug. Like your content just feels like a really soothing, like it's going to be okay vibe. Like that's, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just you and that's your energy. I feel like that's probably a big part of what it is, but your content is so it's aesthetic as fuck. Don't get me wrong. You've got that beautiful Leo energy there, but it's also very real and authentic. And I feel like that's also something that is missing in like the lifestyle community on social media. I think there's obviously like a spectrum of people who are very, very authentic. And then obviously it's social media. So things are highlighted and curated, but I feel like that's why you get the response that you get is because you're so yourself with what you're putting out there. Yeah. I feel like I, 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 thank you. I like that you said that because (laughs) my strategy as a whole is yes, I want to create aesthetic content because I like consuming that type of content. But at the same time, I, I also know that that's not my everyday life. That's not realistic. Like my, my apartment over here is a disaster. Like literally (laughs) I want to go on stories and be like, guys look, because it's just, it's not realistic. It's not always real life. And that's kind of why now I'm switching up my content a little bit. I want to do like more longer form content. That's a more vlog style yeah. rather than like the fast cut paste videos. I still love those, but I also feel like people will get to know me more and my personality more if I'm sharing just my regular day to day, because a lot of my days I'm in my pajamas till 12 o'clock, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> why not? That's the beauty of yeah. working from home. <laughs> right? yeah. So, and I also feel like there's so many other facets of my life, like that I want to share. And I just, you know, like whether it's my animals or talking about losing my dad, like these are real life things. And I don't want to just portray it that I have this perfect life. Cause it's really not at all like that. No. And I think that's the misconception with social media is everyone sees an Instagram or a TikTok feed and is like, wow, that person really has their shit together. And it's like, no, they do in the video because it's a video, but like life happens. So I kind of want to touch on some of the topics that you just brought up, some of the life events that you just brought up um, with the animals. Your platform actually helped you rescue. Was it all four of them that you rescued from Italy or was it three oh, of them? It was three. Okay. Yeah, it so- was three. Just for people who maybe don't follow you and haven't seen the viral video on TikTok, but you probably have if you're into animal content, um, Tatiana and her boyfriend, Chris, were in Italy. And by the graces of the universe, like you guys were destined to fall upon these stranded, uh, I wouldn't say abandoned, but they were in an area of Italy where there were a lot of, you said there's like a lot of cats that like roamed around that were stray cats in this city. And uh, yeah, tell the story, Tatiana, because you ended up rescuing them with an airline and oh, it made me cry. (laughs) I'll tell it. Okay. It's, it's a long story. So let me try to make it as quick as possible. But (laughs) basically my Chris and I, my boyfriend, we planned to go to Italy, but we weren't sure if it was going to happen because my dad was sick. He was in the hospital and he ended up passing August 22nd. We can talk about that later if you want, but yeah, I do. Yeah, but basically we didn't know if we were going to go away because I didn't know what the condition of my dad was going to be. So August 22nd, he ended up 
uh, passing away. And we left literally the week later to Italy. We had a work uh, commitment that we were actually going for. But after that, we wanted to go visit uh, Calabria, which is in the south. And that's where Chris's dad is from. So Chris used to go there every single summer. He His grandparents lived there and all his family. So he loved going there. He was super close in particular with his grandmother, but he hadn't been back since they passed away. They had passed like 10 years prior. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So while we were in Italy, he was like, I don't even know if I want to go back. It's too emotional. I haven't gone to see like they're at the cemetery. And I just, I don't know if I can handle all these emotions. We ended up going back and I think it was the second day we went to go visit his grandmother and grandfather at the cemetery. And he was just telling me about his grandmother and how much she loved cats. And she would always like come out of their, her house in the morning and just feed all the stray cats. (laughs) Okay. I love her. (laughs) Yeah. She was like, apparently just such a sweet lady. I wish I got to meet her, but yeah. So he's telling me that she loved cats and we were with his, his two aunts at the cemetery and his aunt had all these rocks in a bag and we were placing them on the actual tombstones. We ended up placing four rocks on the tombstones. There was three light ones and one dark ones, and they were in the shape of a heart. Oh, I love this. (laughs) The story will make sense later. Yeah. We left the cemetery, went like, like as usual on with our night. And then the next morning, Chris woke up super early. He likes to get up early and I like to sleep. So he got up and he went down the road into the town. We were in a very, very small town. And that's when he spotted the first cat on the side of the road. And he Mm -hmm. kind of stopped and he was with a friend and he was like, I'm going to go get that cat. And his friend was like, why? Like, this is a straight (laughs) cat. There's so many, just leave it there. And such an animal lover. He's like, I cannot. So we ended up taking the cat. He brings it back to our Airbnb. I'm just waking up. And he's like, look, I found a kitten, a little baby kitten. (laughs) I'm like, why did you find like, what are we going to do with this kitten? We're on vacation. We had plans to go elsewhere in Italy. Like, what are we going to do? You know? Right. Anyways, he was barely like breathing at that point, the kitten and yeah, so small, so malnourished. His eyes were sealed shut. It was just crazy. We ended up cleaning him up, trying to feed him some milk and brought him to the pharmacy actually, because the vet was closed. And we asked them like, is there any medication that we can give this cat? How can we help him? Mm-hmm. Give us some antibiotics and stuff, but it was clear that he was very sick. Yeah. Then a couple of days later, we went back to that same area and found his brother. So we took a second cat. A couple of days after that, we found his sister, a third cat. Oh, <laughs> all yeah. of the infections in their eyes too, all, all nourished. All super sick, brought them again, all to the vet, um, got more medication, tried to figure out because they couldn't see out of their eyes. They were completely oh, like thanks. red and swollen and it looked like they were inside out. Oh, so yeah, it was not, not a good site. Um, so at that point we started asking around, we ended up canceling like the rest of our trip where we were supposed to go. Right. And we we're just like, listen, we'll stay in Calabria. We have these kittens. Let's try to figure out like how we can help them and also find somewhere for them to go like a rescue or something. Yeah. We asked around and no one wanted to take them just because there's such an, a problem with stray cats in Italy or in Europe or wherever in general. So there was nowhere that no, no one wanted to take them basically. Yeah. And it got and to they're the like, point. They're like sick and they need their, that like, I don't know how you don't like, I would be so you guys in this situation of like, we're going to figure it out. We're taking the cats. Like this just is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I honestly think they were meant 
like we were meant to find those cats or my boyfriend was meant to find or whatever, you know, I just think it was destined to be that way. For sure. But we couldn't find anyone to take the cats and it was approaching the date when we had to leave. So we decided to extend our trip a week. Okay. Then we kept asking around. And at that point, I kind of decided, listen, let me put together a TikTok. We had taken, we take a lot of photos and videos in general. We're always like, you know, filming. So at that point I was like, listen, let me put a TikTok video because we had called Air Canada and we said, we have three kittens. We want to bring them to Canada. And they were like, you can only bring two, one each. And we were looking at each other like, which one are we going to leave behind? Where are we going to leave it? Like, You can't make that choice. That's like asking to choose between your children. Like you can't do that. (laughs) Unethical. Yeah, exactly. And they're all siblings, by the way. I'll I'll mention that. I wanted to mention that. Yeah. So they were like, you can only bring two. We're looking at each other like, how are we going to leave one behind? It's not possible. So at that point, I was like, let me make a TikTok. I'm going to see if I can find someone flying home from Rome that day that we're leaving and see if someone can take the third because that's all like we don't have any other option right the video ended up going viral super um, viral like super vi- big viral <laughs> like 9.2 million views yeah yeah like big viral because people love animals and want to yeah. animals. <laughs> yeah. yeah honestly yeah people are diehard cat people and yes it shows <laughs> yeah like rightly so <laughs> yeah we had people reaching out to us to be like I will fly from wherever I am pick up the cat and fly with you to Canada to bring the cat we superheroes people, yeah people are like I will pay for a seat on for the cat on the flight like I don't care if it's first class wherever I will pay for like people really came through and I was like I love social media for this reason like it's yeah. it's amazing you know yeah but So in my video, I kind of said, Air Canada, we need your help. We can't just bring two. So Mm -hmm. it's either Air Canada or we find someone to bring home the third. And so many people tagged Air Canada that the vice president (laughs) emailed me. And what's funny is that this was the, I think it was two days before we were supposed to leave. We went to go say bye to his grandmother and grandfather at the cemetery. Yeah. As we're leaving, we're driving down the hill back into the town. Um, I check my email because there's no reception in the town up there. It's like really high in the mountains. Okay. I check my email and I see an email from the vice president of Air Canada. And he was kind of like, I saw your TikTok. I'm trying to call you. Can you please call me? It's about the kittens. Oh, that's wild. The freaking vice president of the entire air. Like that's was, Yeah. That's so yeah, we ended up talking on the phone that night and he's like, we've seen the video. We're really trying to make it happen so that you can bring the third one with you. And long story short, he had to pull some strings, but we are able to bring the third one with us. And it's funny because when we were leaving, we got to the airport in Rome and they were like, oh, you're the couple with all the kittens and Aww. everyone wanted to see the kittens. <laughs> it was really sweet. <laughs> That's adorable. Honestly, it's really great PR for them though. It like, is. It is. And all honestly, like, because Air Canada, they've got like a, you know, it's just, yes. if you fly in Canada, you know, you know how people feel about Air Canada. So this was a really great PR experience for them and a really big miracle for those little fur babies of yours who now, I know at the beginning, I was like, are you keeping them all? And you're like, we're going to try and like get them adopted. No, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> I know. So that's the thing. Our plan was to adopt them. At first we're like, oh, we'll just 
you know, find each one a home. Mm -hmm. And then we saw how close they were. They really have this bond. And we were like, okay, we can't separate them. So we'd have to find someone to take all three, which is kind of unlikely that someone's like, oh, yes, let me take, you know? Yeah. So we kind of were like, okay, I guess we're keeping them. And then a couple weeks after we got home, my Chris's friend called him and said, um, there's a cat in the bush in the bushes here. Can you come pick it up? And Chris ran to pick up this cat and brought it back home. And I'm like, this one, we are not keeping. And (laughs) (laughs) so, and what's funny is I'll tie this whole story together. Um, at the cemetery that day, we put three light rocks, which are the three cats in Italy, and then one darker rock, which the cat we found, the fourth one is much darker than the others. So yep. it was, it's just wild. Oh, I feel like that's Chris's grandmother being like, I was the crazy cat lady. Now you're the crazy cat couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Torch has been totally. passed. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah, it was a great experience. Honestly, it's just wild so beautiful that story was like I was riding hard for that story and I think I mean I also think it's super in line I think it's like a micro manifest well I don't know if you want to call it a micro manifestation but I feel like it's kind of that preview for you guys because you guys want to have a rescue or a lot of land with animals one day and I feel like the universe is like well get used to it then because this is what's coming Yeah, like we had spoken um so we have a production business I won't get too much into it but We have a business that we've had since 2016 together and it's great, but eventually we've always talked about closing that business, selling that business, whatever it may be. Yeah. And working with animals in some way. We have a a dog as well. Well, it's technically Yeah, Chris's dog. (laughs) But then when we started dating, now he's my dog. So yeah. So we always knew we wanted to work with animals, but it was something we spoke about doing long term. And I think the universe was like, why wait? Like the time is now. Yeah. I think that's the funny thing too. I think the logical mind always comes in and says, well, it's not the right time or I have to prepare in this way. And the universe is like, who, who taught you that? Like, why do the circumstances have to be so precise and exact that that's only when it can happen for you? And I feel like it's already in line. Like it's already happening for you guys. And I don't know. I still think that endeavor, I think I've mentioned this to you before. It's going to come a lot sooner than you guys. I think anticipate it. I think so. Then we were planning for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. I still feel that. Anyway, <laughs> I won't get into a whole channel in the middle of a podcast episode, but it's <laughs> happened a lot when you and I talk where I'm just like, no, this is coming through. <laughs> yeah. so, anyways, we can talk about that after. Um, I also, if you're comfortable with it, I would love to touch on you and your dad, your dad passed in August mm-hmm. um, and you guys were really close. And mm-hmm. I just kind of want to see like how did you how did you manage that while being on social media like how do you how do you take care of your mental health when you're going through something so tremendously difficult and you have a community that you serve like how did you navigate that Mm -hmm. I think my dad got sick in April uh 2022 and at first I didn't really say anything just because it's kind of hard to go online one day and be like, by the way, my dad is super sick. This is what's going on. I also struggle with being vulnerable and talking about my feelings. I think because I was a kid, when I was a kid, I kind of like shoved everything down. So now as an, as an adult, it's harder for me to be like, this is how I'm feeling today. And it's something that I'm always working through. So when my dad got sick, I didn't really say anything. I just kind of 
kept business as usual. And then it got to the point where I was like, you know what, this is a part of my life. And this is pretty much my daily, I was at the hospital daily, you know, I can't just yeah. come online and be like, oh, here's my perfect day. When in, re- re- in reality, I was at the hospital all day, you know? Yeah. So I started to share bits and pieces and just kind of explain without really going into the nitty gritty of what was happening and just saying, you know, my dad's sick, he's in the hospital. This is the situation. And when he went into the hospital, I honestly, it never crossed my mind that he would, he would end up passing away. I feel like it's not something that you could ever prepare for. You never actually think it's going to happen until it does. Yeah. And it kind of just happens. And then you're like, wow, like what, how do I navigate this? So yeah, that's kind of what I've been struggling with, I think, because he ended up passing away in August and obviously I shared and I still do share and I talk about it all the time just because I've connected with so many people who have also lost a parent or gone through something similar and it's not spoken enough and it's something that unfortunately we'll all experience at some point at in this life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very heavy to talk about. I sometimes feel like I have to put a trigger warning because people who still have their parents, obviously they never want to think of this scenario, yeah. but it's just reality. So it's, I've just been learning how to navigate this new part of life and trying to deal with life without my dad, but also try to hold on to all the memories that we had and just our relationship and how close we are. And yeah, it's just, it's wild. It's been a wild ride, um, but it's a daily practice, honestly something that you're still navigating. I mean, it's been less than a year. So that, that makes complete sense for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. On the one hand, I allow myself to feel the feelings. Sometimes I don't really show up online at all because I'm like, today I can't, like, I'll have like a breakdown and I'll be like, it's so unfair. Like why, why now? Why this time? Like, I still feel like I'm relatively young. I'm 32 and my dad was also pretty young. He was in his late sixties. So he's very young. That's, that's, that's young. Yeah. 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 So part of me feels like angry and bitter because he won't be there for all like, you know, life's moments, like getting married or having kids or just anything. And then another part of me tries to feel grateful that we had the relationship that we did and we experienced all these years together. So it's kind of like a whole skew of emotions. And they're all valid. Cause I mean, yeah, like I I think there's like, there's really no justification to why they wouldn't be like, you're allowed to, to be upset about that. And it would, I think it'd be weird if you weren't upset about the fact that you don't have certain moments to like share with your dad in the future. But I, I think showing up when you can is a great thing, but also taking that time to honor yourself off camera is so important because I think, I think a lot of people, whether you work for, you know, you, you, do social media as, as part of your work or your business, it you, it's all consuming sometimes. And it's like, how do you show up when, and you put on that happy face and you're all smiles and rainbows and inspiration when that is like not your reality. Um, and I'm glad that you just have been taking the time to just try and honor how you're feeling and take that step back when you need it. Yeah. Um, I also feel like it's isolating in the sense where someone won't really understand or they don't know what to say unless they've gone through it. Like I have a best friend who also lost her dad and we kind of 
we're there for each other a lot because we we just get each other without saying anything at all. So if I could be yeah. that for someone else, then I'm happy to, you know, because you go through it and you're like, you can't really talk to other people who haven't experienced it. It just feels isolating. You feel alone. You feel like they don't understand you. So that's another reason why I want to share. Yeah. And it's kind of why I wanted to bring it up because I have clients and listeners who actually more specifically have actually lost their father really young too, in their twenties or their early thirties, but also some that have lost their mother. So I want to ask you just in terms of healing, what advice, you know, I, I know you're still in the process. You're still grieving. I think grief when it comes to parents or like certain connections is kind of like maybe like a lifelong thing. I don't know. I haven't yeah. lost any parents, so I'm not sure, but I feel like if I think about it, I don't think that's something that I would ever really fully move on from. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you give to people who are struggling with the loss of a parent right now? I think part of it is understanding that it is a lifelong journey. You're not going to wake up one day and be like, I'm fully healed. I don't miss my parent at all. I don't wish they were here. Like it's, it's a commitment for life. And it's something that you're always working through. What I try to do is I try to hold on to the memories and all the good times that we had together. And I also try to honor my dad's life. Like there was a lot that I feel like he wanted to do that he didn't get a chance to do just because he got sick and then he died so young. And I I carry that with me on the daily. It kind of gives me this motivation and like a fire under my ass where I'm like, let me make this the best life ever. Like anything that I'm hesitating to do, I'm like, I don't know how long I'm even here for. Like I need to use this as ammunition and just really go after the things that I want. And that's kind of what keeps me going. Also knowing that like something I'm trying to tap into more, which we can talk about is spirituality and also finding comfort in knowing that even if he's not here, like in a physical form, He's he is still so present. He has been so active, set, like since the minute he crossed over. That's like, yeah. and you've experienced that. Do you want to share a bit yes. about that, or do you want to keep that? Yeah. No, that's fine. I'm happy to share. It's funny because you and I spoke actually when Chris and I were in Tuscany, and I remember you DM'd me and you said, you said that you dreamt about my dad. I did. Yeah, yeah. I dreamt about, and I, I don't think you were there. Were you there in the dream? I think I was just, I was just talking to your dad, which was for those of you who, who are like confused about this, Tatiana and I have been speaking and like connecting for a year, but I've never met her family. We haven't even met like in person. Like we're just like, we just are like socially connected. Um, and we chat a lot, but I had never met her family, never met her dad. And then, yeah, you were in Tuscany. I don't really remember the dream. I don't know. It was very, oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember the dream, but I just remember you saying, I dreamt of your dad last night. He's crossed over. Could it be? I Yeah, I think it was because there was whenever the week that he passed and like, this is the thing as a medium, it was like, I wasn't going to message you and be like, hey, did your dad die? Because he was sick and I was like trying to be really like hopeful of like, no, like he's going to be okay. And like, ultimately he he is okay. Just like he had yes. to cross over to be okay. And and then I had that dream and then yeah, this, yeah, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yep. so you had this dream and I don't remember the dream. I'll check our messages after, but you basically yeah. said that he's crossed over and that he's um, something about like his soul contract being completed or something like, yeah, you know? Yeah, I do remember that. So I've spoken about this in, in prior episodes, but for those of you who maybe haven't haven't heard these or just for you, Tatiana, as well, a soul, you choose your exit point and it's very challenging. 
you know, to kind of reflect on that. And illness is something that um, has to be very, it's very delicate, delicately, how do you exp express that? I'm like getting into my channel now. I'm going into a bit of a trance, but it's like whenever the the human body is ill, it's very, very, it's a very delicate process of deciding, okay, can I stay within this physical vessel and, and make a recovery and continue what I would want in this human contract, in this incarnation? Or am I going to better benefit the people that I love, my family, when I cross over? And I, oh, I can like feel, I mean, I've been feeling him since the, since we started, but like, just like sent a rush of energy. And it's like, he is so much more powerful. And I think other mediums have told you this. Yes. Um, he is so much more powerful. Like <laughs> he's got so much energy. Was Did he have fire energy in him when he was here? What was his birthday? Oh, so his birthday's March 9th. March 9th. He's Pisces. Interesting. Okay. We could talk about that after, but anyway. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, but he, he, he's just like kind of giving me like a glimpse of like, he has so much more power and that's what he was kind of telling me in the dream. And he was so happy in the dream. He's like, I can do so much more for her over here. Like she needs to know, like I can do so much more for her here. And he's been doing it for you. He has, he has, he has. Honestly, I, my dad did as much as he could for me, but he always said how much more he wanted to do. Um, and now that he's passed, I, I, I do feel like it's playing a hand at everything that's happening in my life. One thing I'll say is when you messaged me that you dreamt about him, I was in Tuscany and that night, Chris and I went for dinner and we hadn't spoken about my dad on the trip yet because it was still fresh and we were busy and we we're just traveling. So that night at dinner, we sat down and Chris mentioned something about the music. He's like, oh, this sounds like something your dad would like to listen to. And I had been carrying a picture of my dad in my bag. So I brought it out at the restaurant and I put it on the table and I was just like, we started talking about him and I started just tearing up. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the lights went completely out in the restaurant. It went pitch black for like a split second. Chris looked at me. He's like, oh my God. And then the lights just went back on. And I was like, that's yep. him. Like he's yep. here. <laughs> oh yeah and like basically to say like I'm not gonna flicker just one light in your area like when I say I have power for you and I'm gonna help you like whole restaurant yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> yeah and it was just oh. our restaurant there was other restaurants around and just that restaurant went dark yeah so yeah it's so beautiful um you know and I think there, there is what we call, I've spoken to other mediums about this there is what is called grief induced spiritual awakenings and I feel like in part, that's kind of what's been happening with you because you're diving more into the spiritual aspects of things now and in, in, of your life. Um, and you're really seeing the manifestations of his presence, despite him not being here physically, which I think is uh, a beautiful reminder that our loved ones, although they may not be in their bodies, their physical bodies anymore, they're still very much around. Um, yeah. and I, I love that, that, that I remember, was it, was it a baseball card? It was. He, my dad played baseball. So I have yeah. a baseball card of his picture and I just keep it in literally my everyday bag. I bring it everywhere. So yeah, he's been in some places with me. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. He's living through you, with you, for you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's kind of what brings me a sense of, of comfort and what keeps me going also is kind of tapping into this side and this world of spirituality that I probably wouldn't have dove into before. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's part of your path in this lifetime that he's assisting with. So I feel like that's why he was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm better off on this side, like painful, but like, I'm, yes. I'm better off on, on this side for all of you. So, 
um, that's, that's the, that's the sweetness and the bittersweet of the experience. Exactly. Yeah. So kind of when it comes into like your spiritual practice and meditation, you're really into meditation. You use the superhuman app, which guys, you know, I talk about this all the time. Just go, (laughs) go try it out. Um, how, how did you get into meditation? When did you start and how has your practice evolved since kind of diving into the more spiritual side in the past year? Yeah. So while I was working at my nine to five, I was always listening to podcasts on just self-development Okay. Um, and also reading. And I started doing like a little bit of meditation on YouTube, but I didn't really find anything that resonated. And then I actually won very randomly a giveaway um, for the superhuman. Like they had, oh, yes. uh, yeah, for the app, they had done a giveaway with like uh, the skinny confidential. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've never won a giveaway for some reason I won that giveaway. So I got to use the app. I think it was a month free or a couple months free. And I just got the app, started using it. And I was like, wow, I love this. It really just resonated with me how different the meditations are than your traditional meditation. They are. I find it hard to sit and just close your eyes and just listen to it. And what I like about the app is I can do it while I'm getting ready, while I'm cleaning, while I'm driving. Like there's really just a time in every day to do it. So I started doing it consistently. And when I did, that's when I started really understanding that anything I wanted in my life came down to my mindset. And that's something I struggled so much. I struggled with limiting beliefs for as long as I could remember. And even now I still obviously struggle, but I had this idea that I wasn't capable of doing the things I wanted to do and I wasn't deserving and I wasn't smart enough. So meditation helped me like rewire my, my mind almost literally. Yeah. To, to think differently and to think of myself differently and to build up my confidence. And that's what the app has done for me. And the more consistent that I got with it, the more results I was seeing from, from my life and just my career and everything on a day-to-day basis. So I love the app. I highly recommend it. I talk about it all the time. It's literally insane. It's so innovative. Like it is. Yeah. I, I had been meditating for a while too, before we had Mimi method, she had Mimi method before superhuman, but before that I had been using like, actually, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to start like, I'm not going to mention the other (laughs) apps I was using, which is not going to create a little controversy here, but, um, I was using other platforms and, I'd been meditating for a while and was like, I'm going to fall asleep. Like these are just so boring. Like, yes, I, there's only so many times I can chant OM until I drive myself and like a little bonkers in my mind. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. The superhuman app really, it really, really, really helps to, it's just different. It just, you got to try it. I don't know. My words yeah, are you, explaining it. You just got to try it. Have to, yeah. You have to try to really understand and experience it, but yeah, it works. Honestly, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I love that so much. And is that something that you incorporate in your daily practice now and in, in your morning routine or? Yeah, exactly. So now I, I do I try to do at least one daily. Like today I did one while I was getting ready for this podcast and it kind of just helps set my tone for the day. The way that I'll make my bed, I'll listen to a meditation just because like if I'm doing those one or those two things when I first wake up, I know that I'm on a path to having a good day. And there's some days where I don't do it. And I can know, I notice that my mindset is not how it should be. And I'm not showing up as my best self. hundred percent. I am with you. I notice the days where I don't do it. I'll be a little, it's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny yeah. how the human ego kind of comes through when you haven't like put on a good, like functional audio for the morning. And you're like, Oh, 
that's the problem right now. That's why I didn't prime myself for the day. Exactly. Yeah. What are some other habits that you incorporate into your daily life to make sure that you're living as your best self and you're aligning to the future that you want to create? So I'm struggling with this right now. I okay. feel like, yeah, I have to be honest. I kind of fell off. Like sometimes when I'm just not feeling my like a hundred percent mentally, mm-hmm. I stop doing all the things I do like I, that I usually do that I know make me feel good just because I don't have the motivation. And I think part of it is honestly the winter and the weather here. And yeah, this time of year, I find it just drags on and I really thrive in the sun and the heat. So when I wake up and it's gloomy, I don't feel motivated, especially working for myself. Some days I'm like, how, like, what, what am I doing? You know, like, it's just yeah. feels like too much, too much of an effort. So right now I am struggling, but I'm trying to slowly get back into it. But definitely meditation is one of them. I also love to as much as I can eat healthy and eat clean. I love making smoothies, salads at home. Um, I love going for walks outside. Chris and I go and bring our dog for a lot of walks because he likes to walk. (laughs) But um, yeah, those are some habits. And also one of the things that I really want to work on is disconnecting from my phone and from social media, which I know you took a couple months. Yeah, I took the whole first quarter off. (laughs) Yeah, which is amazing because it's so needed. And Mm -hmm. I listened to someone else talk about this recently, and she spoke about how she took some time off. And you kind of wonder, how is this going to affect my business? Everyone else is, you know, productive and online and they're creating content, and I'm not going to get the opportunities. But it actually works the opposite, she was saying where you create space for those opportunities and for your mind to expand and grow. So it's something I'm thinking about. Debating. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. I think if it's a debate in your mind, I debated it for a while because I had already done a break uh, for seven weeks or so in 2021. And then I came back, but it was a very different kind of tone as to why I took the break. This time it was just because I was trying to figure out like how I wanted to show up and just different things like that. And I'm telling you, when you shut out that noise, it is incredible the type of insight that you can have. And kind of to what this other person was saying, that the the content that you saw, I had some of my most successful months while I was off social media, which I was like, I run social media through my business. How the heck? Like, how is that possible? And the universe is like, you need a break. So we're going to work with other ways to to give you opportunities. So I love that. You, you inspired me, honestly. Um, I think it's also important because as someone who creates content, if I'm online and I'm just consuming all this content, it kind of discourages me in a way. And a lot of people ask me like, how do you stay motivated? How do you get inspired for new ideas? It's staying off social media for it's me. Not consuming it. Yeah. The more I consume, the less I'm like, what is the point of me putting out a video? It'll be similar. I'll sound the same. I'll look the same. So that's kind of one thing that I try to do is just consume less than I create because I'm, I'm more inspired when I'm just disconnected and I'm really just in my thoughts thinking about, okay, what do I want to share today? What can I, what value can I provide to my community without being influenced by what everyone else is doing? And that I think comes along with following your intuition of what feels right for you that day and what to share with them. Is that, that sound resonant with you? Yeah. A hundred percent. Some days I'm like, okay, what, what do I need to hear? That's probably what my community needs to hear. Like today I posted Mm. a video, 
Yeah, today I posted a video about navigating um, your 20s and your 30s because I posted a video on TikTok just talking about how I'm 32 and I'm finally feeling like I'm starting to figure things out. And in my 20s, I did not feel like that at all. And I'm like, there must be other women, girls in their 20s that are struggling because they think that they should have everything figured out. They think they should have the perfect career, the partner, the baby, whatever it may be. But yeah. in reality, your 20s are, I don't know, mine were a shit show for lack of a better words, you know? So it's just, yeah, I kind of got inspired to post and I did like a little get, get ready with me just talking about navigating my 20s and now how I feel like the 30s are the new 20s, honestly. I, I so agree with that. I was thinking this morning because um, I had read your bio and I was like, you know, like, because we've talked about this before, how you're like, I'm now like where I want to be. And I'm like, I feel like the 20s are like the teen years right now where we're kind of just like kind of navigating, trying to figure out what's working. And like, obviously there's some 20 year olds who like really have their shit together. And there's some 20 year olds who just don't and 30 year olds and 40 year olds and 50 year olds. Like, it's just, I think we're, we're slowly moving into this era of society where age is not a defining factor in where you're supposed to be. I think it's going to take some time to get there. Totally. Yeah, but I think we're on on that path. So I'm gonna link um I'm gonna link that TikTok below. I want everyone sure. to to watch that and listen to it because so many people will come to me and be like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, and it's like that's okay. You don't have to figure it out right now. Like let let yourself have the space to experiment and try new things. That's it. I feel like even now, some days I'm like, I don't even know what am I doing. What's going on? Like maybe tomorrow will be different. Who knows? So I feel like it's important because. I don't think anyone has it figured out. I think everyone's just making it up as they they go along, honestly. So yes, a hundred percent. Like none of us have any idea what we're doing no. at the end of the day. <laughs> at like, all. like literally at all. We're just, we're just showing up when we have an idea of what we're doing. Like, exactly. That's it. <laughs> um, for, for maybe some of the listeners who want to get into social media, um, I feel like a couple of questions that they might have is how do you even make money off of social media and how are you working with the ever-changing Instagram algorithms? Cause it just changed again. And I'm like, I'm not posting. <laughs> Screw that. Yeah. It's so wild. I it's I, I try not to pay attention to those, the algorithm changes, the shifts. Okay. I think that if you just create content consistently that you love, that resonates with you, you'll find an audience. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's really just about consistency. You kind of have to very awkwardly start posting as if you have an audience. I have a friend, yes. you know, mm -hmm. I have a friend um, who decided a couple months ago, she's like, I want to do social media. I have 300 followers. It's so embarrassing. I'm like, listen, you have to start somewhere. You mm -hmm. have to pretend like, you have 10,000 followers. How would you show up every day for your community if you have 10,000 followers? What kind of content would you be creating? What would what would you want them to know about you? So yeah. that's kind of what I remind myself as well in the back of my mind. I'm like, okay, if you had X amount of followers, what kind of content would you be creating? So I feel like that's tip number one is to kind of show up as if you already have a community, which I know is awkward. It's hard. It is. Um, yeah. Sometimes you're like, this feels so cringe. And it is like, it does <laughs> embrace the cringe. <laughs> yeah. You just, you got to embrace it. Um, another thing is to be consistent, of course, because I feel like anyone who's, you know, quote unquote successful or big on social media is because they're really showing up every day or every second day or as often as you can. For some people that's three times a week and that's great. Yeah. You know, if you're posting high quality, 
great videos three times a week and that's what you're able to do, then that's perfect until you're able to do more. So that's another thing. Um, and then for making money, this is something that I'm navigating as well. So I think I got my first brand deal, maybe, I think it was a year ago and it was for like 500 bucks. Okay. And I was like, at the time I was like, this is great. Like, I like the product. This is amazing. This is what I, what I used to honestly make in like a week. So, uh, sorry, a month. No, sorry. A week, (laughs) (laughs) a week, a month, a week. (laughs) I just had like a brain fart. Okay. This is what I used to make in like a week. Right. So to, to make it in like a video, something that I enjoy doing, I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then as your page grows or as my page grew, I started getting more offers to work with more brands. But I think because I really want to stay true to my audience and my community, I've turned down a lot of brand deals and a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I think is important because if you're just taking any opportunity, you're not credible and your community won't trust you. Yeah. And really, really important as a content creator, like, trust me, what I've liked to make X amount of dollars more last year, this year, of course. For sure. Who (laughs) wouldn't, (laughs) who who wouldn't want to make any more money? Like, you know, like it's, yeah. yeah. But I also have a lot of pride. I don't know if it's the Leo in me, but yeah, (laughs) it might be a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very prideful and I can't just be like, oh, I love this product, but I don't actually ever use it. And I would never use it. So That's something that I have to be wary of. I also try to tell myself that the more I say no to these opportunities that don't align, the more that opportunities that better align with who I am, my community, they will come. So that's my mindset for brand deals. That's really the, the, the way I make money though, is through brand deals. Right. Um, But I don't post a lot of them. I will say I do maybe once a month. Okay. Yeah, very selective. So yeah. No, but I think that's a good thing. And I think the alignment and keeping the validity of of what you do and the authenticity of what you do is why I think you you have grown your community to what it is because it's it's no bullshit. Like you can just tell that like if you're promoting something or sharing something, it's because you actually genuinely like it. Like I and you can you can just tell whether you're an intuitive person or not, you can just tell if someone's just like because you see it, all the influencers will be posting about one particular thing. And then you see the ones who aren't and you're like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is. I think had I maybe done this when I was younger, I would have taken on any brand deal. But now that I'm in my thirties, I'm kind of like, I want to do this long-term. I need to think about it as a long-term, you know, build. Yeah. So I try to focus on quality partnerships rather than the quantity partnerships. Sure. That said, it is hard for sure, because, you know, I would love to buy a house, but we'll have to wait. <laughs> but I also think too, when we look at the the laws of manifestation, the, the universe does naturally tempt people with things that aren't in alignment with them to see if they'll bite yes. on it. Just yes. so they can continue, their universe can continue refining those bigger opportunities that are hugely in alignment. So totally, totally. I've noticed that when I say, um, like, I'm not interested, it doesn't align with me couple days later, I got an email where I'm like, wow, this is perfect. Like, you know, it fits perfectly with everything. So yeah, I've experienced that for sure. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. I have one final question for you that I ask all the guests when they come on the podcast. What was one belief about yourself that you had to let go of to get to where you are now? 
I'll be honest. There was a lot, but (laughs) there was a lot. Fair enough. (laughs) Beliefs. I really did. But I would say probably the main one would be that I'm not capable of and living the life that I want to live. I just always felt like it wouldn't be me. It would be her, 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 but not me. So yeah. And working through that and kind of figuring out where that stems from has really helped me and moving past that has really, really helped me in my journey. And I've kind of proven to myself that I am capable. I can do anything that I want to do. Like if I decide tomorrow, I want to start a new business. If I take that seriously, I can do it. So yeah, I would say that's the the main thing. Yeah, you really can. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you worked through that because you're here and you're inspiring all of us. So Thank you so much for chatting with me today and for having everyone listening. Thank you for sharing everything with them. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for having me. Honestly, when you asked me, I was like, there was no doubt in my mind. I was like a hundred percent, like, I am so excited. I'm in, let's do this. So thank you. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime you want to come back, we'll give the people. Oh, I'll come back. We have to maybe touch base about other things. Oh, a hundred percent. We'll chat after this and figure some things out. We'll we'll keep you guys updated. All right. Thank you so much, Tatiana. Bye.